Bruce Friedman of Adult Side Broker, and welcome to Adult Side Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Anthony Rivera of the LAL Expo. At Adult Site Broker, we're proud to announce our latest project, thewaronporn.com. You'll find articles from industry websites, as well as mainstream publications from around the world. It's designed to raise awareness of our industry's plight in the war on porn and the numerous attacks on our industry and online free speech by hate groups, the religious right, and politicians. You'll find all that and more at thewaronporn.com. You've probably noticed our new podcast site at adultsitebroker.com. It has a more modern look with easier navigation and more information on our guests, including their social media links. For more, go to adultsitebrokertalk.com. And we've doubled our affiliate payouts on ASB Cash. Now, when you refer sellers or buyers to us, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now, let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer a site that has a comprehensive list of the finest strip clubs in the world. The site has strip club reviews and discussions. It's been around since 1993. The current owner can provide the new owner with all the information needed to run the site. Members stay on for an average of 3.5 months. There's a total of 80 to 95 new joins and rebuilds a day. All the traffic is direct or from search, and 99% is from North America. No ads have been purchased, which is something the new owner could do to increase revenues. There are several revenue streams that are currently not being implemented, including banner ads. These revenue streams could easily double or triple the monthly sales. The owner is selling so he can take advantage of other opportunities. Only $750,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Anthony Rivera of AJ Studios and the Lyle Expo. The next edition is March 11th through the 13th. Anthony, thanks for being back with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Hey, Bruce. How are you? Thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure. It's great to have you back and congratulations on recently getting married. It's great. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a few months ago, but... We just had our honeymoon recently. That's nice. And we're recording this in July, and this is going to run in October, I think. So anyway, let's tell everyone about Anthony. He's the co-founder of AJ Studios, the leading supplier of cam models in Latin America with more than 3,000 models, working seven days a week, 365 days a year. They're the most awarded cam company in Latin America and also the biggest studio provider worldwide for five of the top cam networks. Anthony's latest project is the Webcam Lab. It's a 24,000-square-foot facility in total for the first outsourcing service center for the adult industry in the world. Currently, the Webcam Lab has a network of over 600 affiliate studios. Anthony is also founding partner of LAL Expo, the biggest adult B2B event in Latin America, which has an attendance of over 5,000 people. By the way, Anthony has the distinction of being our very first guest 
on Adult Site Broker Talk. So it's great to have you back, my friend. I'm great to be back. <laughs> so how was Lal Expo born and why did you create it? So I started going to trade shows myself in 2012. Actually, my first show was in Miami. And from that year, I started kind of hitting every adult show I could. So uh, after like a year and a half, I kind of figured like, hey, there's shows like in the US and Europe all over, but there wasn't any shows in Latin America. And that was the main reason, you know, I decided, okay, it would be good to have our own show, our industry show in Latin America. And uh, that's for one of the reasons. And then the other reason was uh, also to help the industry as a whole down here to become uh, more professional and and, and more legal because, you know, Back in the day, there wasn't like a platform where the industry could come together, exchange ideas, you know, cooperate, network. So, yeah, that was the main goal. And we're still going. We started with 500 attendees, uh, our first edition. And our last one, we had over 5,000. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Talk about the mechanics of putting together the first show. How hard was it? Um, I mean, comparing it to nowadays, of course, it seems like a piece of cake, but you know, every (laughs) show, you know, there's challenges. So, uh, you know, it it was a more of a local show, the first edition. So we, we focused it more for the local market. We didn't even have sponsorships. Like the first show, basically my only sponsor was initially live Jasmine. So we did like a collaboration where they had like the, uh, the first day was all about, Light Jasmine, a kind of a Light Jasmine workshop. And then the second day, I added some schedule of seminars and panels that were of, of broader interest. And then I call it Alexpo. And, and, and it turned out other companies reach out to me and say, like, hey, we hear that you're doing a show. I'm like, well, it's not technically a show, but if you want to sponsor, <laughs> yeah, of course, I'm not going to say no. And and then I got I got a few more sponsors on board. I remember like Paxum's been on, with us from day one. Back then, Fan Central. So yeah, there was some international company that upcoming. Uh, Julius Huber, like he came and covered it as well. So and that's how it started. It, it was more of a local thing, kind of like a test run for us the first show. And then when we saw the potential, we decided to make it a, an actual full show. And man, how it has grown! I mean, what do you attribute that to? Well, a lot of a lot of hard work. Really, we put in a lot of hard work and making sure the event. Uh, it's a value for our attendees and our sponsors. You know, we try to innovate every year. We try to hear the feedback we get from the sponsors, from the attendees, and improve and, and come up with new ideas every year. I mean, basically, we just keep adding value every year, year after year. Like, uh, you know, fresh speakers, fresh activities. Like now, recently, despite all the drama we have to deal with, we like we have a lot of support from the government from Cali. Like our last edition, we had like over 40 government officials that came to the event. Sure. They wanted to see the girls. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) No doubt about it. So when it actually became a show, okay, since that time, did you expect it to be as big as it is today? No, I didn't. You know, again, I was just thinking like, oh, something local, like a a little gathering for some studios. I never imagined it was going to become a full international conference and especially get all the attention we get now and media and the government entities. So, no, I've never imagined it, but I'm happy it is. 
I mean, what did you think the first time the thing just absolutely blew up and a lot of people started coming? What what went through your mind? No, I mean, it, it was a, a lot of satisfaction, you know, because basically seeing the, the work, the hard work pays off and the event grows and the event feedback in general, it's, it's very positive. And now it's, it's, it's part of the community, you know, like the camp community down here, like they, they really feel like, well, that even though we organize it and we put it together, like they feel it's, it's part of the, the industry, it's part of the community. That's also been one of the successes of, of Lull Expo. Yeah. How about the work involved compared to when it was a small event? It's, it's got to be massive. Yes. I mean, we start about normally six to eight months in advance. So I have a full-time team that basically deals with events. They don't only do Lull Expo. They deal like any events that I have in my company group. But of course, the biggest project is Lull Expo. So like six or eight months, they start doing all the planning, all the preparation, you know, putting together sponsorship packages, you know, updating suppliers, locations. That's like a full-time team, like from six, eight months before. And then during the show, we involve a lot of our staff from the, from the different companies. They participate like in, in the actual you know, execution of the event. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I mean, the, during the actual event, we probably have uh, over 50 people over a company staff that it's involved in it. And, and that's another reason why I... I gave a lot of success to it because uh, it's our own staff who's running the show and, and who's really like committed and, and is really motivated on, on it because it's, it's like really hard work. You know, like during the week of the show, it's like 12, 16 hour shift. So, so normally like if you're, if you're not working, if you outsource it, it's, it's you're not going to get the same level of commitment and motivation. Absolutely. You talk about a dedicated team. How many people are on your events team? The events team is four people. Jeez, it's a lot of work for four people. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, they're the core team, but of course, then again, like once we start getting closer to the event, we start adding more people into the into the project. Right. You've gone through obviously some hardships, and we'll talk about that later. And you mentioned the government and all that. Was there ever a time where you thought to yourself, "God, is this all worth it?" (laughs) Yeah. Last last year, <laughs> well, actually, we we took a break this year. We 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 didn't do the event now until twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Last year there was a lot of challenges, and um, we were very overwhelmed because uh, basically we had to put together kind of three shows in two months, basically. Because you know we we got the first city to cancel us two months before, and then. Second city canceled us a week before, and then we went. Third one was the winner, so it was it was very overwhelming, and um, that's when we we decided we were not going to do the show anymore. And that was actually a, a decision we made at the time. But you actually made that decision, okay? I mean, not in Colombia, the big show, but because we we have expanded to other projects that we, we could talk later. But the actual main show in Colombia, yeah, we announced that, that was actually at the closing party. We went on stage and we announced. To everybody, like like right on the spot, like we're sorry to announce that this is going to be the last edition. Yeah, and w- what got you to bring it back? Basically, sponsors in, in the community. You know, of course, you know there's a need for a show, and and the community wants to come together, and you know everybody's looking forward to that time of the year. 
uh, of Lelexpo. So we've had many of our sponsors who've been reaching out to us and, and telling us to reconsider and, um, and also a lot of uh, the community and the attendees. So yeah, let's say we, we recharge it. So we're ready to go again. <laughs> That's fantastic. Sometimes you, you need to step back and take a year off for something like that. And I can completely understand. So why did you use the name Lal Expo? So the name, it's um, initially, actually, we've had a change and we're changing. We're going back to the original again. So the initial name, La Expo, it's for a Latin America Life Camps Expo. That was the initial name. And then after the second year, you know, because initially the show was just focused for the cam industry. So after our second show in 2015, a lot of companies from other niches like dating and traffic networks and processing, you know, some other adult niches started coming to the show and yeah, started coming to the show and they asked us, Hey, why don't you guys open the show for just the adult industry in general, not limited to camps. So that's when we, we rebranded the third year, we rebranded to Latin America adult business expo. And that's been the name for the last years. But, um, since we're we're we've been doing a lot of changes uh, this year, we are actually going back to our original name, Life Cams Expo. You know, because even though we still have some sponsors, some attendees from other niches, eighty percent of the show is cams. So we just decided to just just go back to our original, focus on our core, and uh, but we, we we have some ideas, some projects of doing something on on the other, on the affiliate side. So that's another reason why we decided, okay, let's just. Let's just leave the expo, specialize in what it is, which is focus on camps, and we'll we'll start working on another project. Fantastic. Man, you're a glutton for punishment. So what's been the biggest challenge Lal Expo has faced and how have you dealt with it? Well, the the biggest challenge, there's been every year there's been a challenge. Uh there hasn't been one year that is easy. Uh so you know, like this second edition, we did a Medellin, you know, usual story. We do a deal with a hotel. They agree, management agrees, and then it comes. And back then, it was a shareholder of the hotel group, and he came in and heard about it, and he's like, "No, this event is not happening in my hotels." And boom, that was our second year. Then third year, we go to Cartagena, same situation. We negotiate with the hotel, you know, sign the contract, and then two months. Before the event, they have a change of management and there's a Christian uh, manager that comes in for the hotel. And the week before she's calling us and she's going to cancel the event, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, we worked it out. And then the, <laughs> the year after we go, we still in Cartagena for the convention center. That's the one I was at. <laughs> yeah, that's the city convention center. So they heard, you know, the problems and the drama. We had to deal with the hotel manager. So there, there they actually reach out to us and they're like, "Hey, we heard you had some some issues with the hotel. We, come do the show with us. We we want your business. We have no issue with your industry." And and, and no, and, and to tell you the truth, like it, it was like they were really really professional. And um, but that was the year that we went to the convention center, and then that was the year we became basically a, a media topic. You know that, that that's when Lalexpo boom went boom on media. And that's when the mayor, you know, tried to use it as a smokescreen. And then we had to do all the political bullshit. Is he still in prison? 
he's still in prison. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> so that, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's still in prison. Uh, yeah. So that that was that was the Cartagena, and then we then that's when we decided to come back home to Cali. And even in Cali, we had our challenges. You know, like the, the, the last few years. You know, there, there's always. Uh, I guess haters, you know, and they're trying to give us a hard time and we have to deal with it. But last year was the worst. I mean, last year was like the, the, the that was the worst of the worst. You know, we, we had to deal with basically with three different cities, three different mayors and the whole, it be, we became national news and it was crazy. Like, like we were even the biggest media topic than the elections, the presidential elections at the Barranquilla city, like at the city, we were number one topic. So yeah, so m- many challenges, many challenges. It's never easy, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, not, not, nothing that it's worth it. It is. I guess being in such a heavily Catholic country is the biggest problem, right? Uh, it's a mix. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a mix. Uh, like the politicians are always looking for a topic for them to to shine on media and use as an excuse and. Yeah, it's it's not only the religious, but misinformation. I I think is has been our biggest enemy. You know, pe- people just come and judge us and 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 come and talk about the event. They have no idea like what the actual event it's about or what takes place. So they're just thinking, oh, it's a dope industry. Like there's like five thousand people doing orgies and going doing crazy shit. But so that that's been our biggest challenge. You know, <laughs> I wish it was that exciting. <laughs> yeah, missing the misinformation. No, literally, like a lot of the politicians. That's what they. Some of the politicians have come. They're like, "Oh, this is it. This is boring." <laughs> I was thinking it was more fun when they actually come to the event. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Nobody's undressed, and ah, I know, I know, it's pretty crazy. So, for you, what's been the best and the? I think I know what the worst is going to be, but what's the best and worst memory you have of any of the editions of Lal Expo? Well, I guess my my best memory was um, the first time when I saw you know when we hit the two thousand attendee mark. You know that that was one of my best moments. You know, going from five hundred and hitting two thousand attendees. Yeah, and and my worst, of course, was last year the eight edition. You know, with all the drama we had to deal. We actually did a documentary. It's, it's in did Spanish. Really? But yeah, we did. Well, it's a mini documentary. It's a 30 minute mini documentary. And, and, and we cover like everything that happened, you know, last year behind the scenes. And you should put in subtitles. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have my team do it. Yeah. Cause we, we only did it on, on Spanish. Well, once you have the subtitles, I want to see it, man. Sounds good. I'd love to see it for sure. But it's got to be really gratifying for you that despite everything, people still stick with it and want to come to the show. Yes. I mean, that that that, that was uh, very rewarding to see that after all the drama, because we were actually concerned, like, you know, after getting basically two cancellations, you know, are, are people still going to trust, you know, that the, the third one we're, we're making it. And, and it, we, it was our record attendance, you know, over 5,000. We hit the 5,000 mark. Sponsors as well. We had over over ninety sponsors. We also had record sponsors. So at the end of the day, it was our it was our most successful edition to date. Well, I think that everyone in our industry realizes the discrimination we're all under, and I think because of that, they feel bad for you and want to support the event even more. Yes, correct. 
And and we try to be as fair as possible. You know, like when we had a second cancellation, like I, I told sponsors, like we'll fully refund you. Like you know, no 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 problem. You know, it's not their responsibility. You know, it's just you know, it's kind of our control, out of our control, but it's still our responsibility. So yeah, we, we we're very fake. Same, same thing in 2017. 2017. I mean, we we did get canceled the second day, but then the third day we were able to you know worked out something and we were able to finalize. Uh, at least like the most important part of the schedule and we were able to do the party. So at, at the end, even though we were able to do the event, we had like a one day interruption. So I, I, I worked out for the next event. Like I gave like sponsors, like, like 50% uh, credits for next event and so on. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I've always tried to make sure like the sponsors are happy and the attendees are happy, even if we lose money. No, absolutely. And people appreciate that kind of thing. When you show them that you appreciate them, they appreciate you even more. But again, there's so much discrimination in our industry by everyone who's not in the industry that it just, yeah, it makes us all just pull closer together. And I think that's good. What common myth is there about Lel Expo besides orgies that you want people to know is false? That's the one I just mentioned. Like, you know, people think like since it's, it's an adult event, there's explicit things going on, you know, people having sex or like we have explicit shows, like, you know, g- girls like doing like really hardcore shows, you know, and, and instead it's just like an academic, informative, you know, our business event. I think that's the biggest myth that we have have to deal with outside the industry, of course, outside the industry. In the industry, everybody knows. Right. I mean, I remember when we were in, in Cartagena, and the convention center, after the first day, shut us down because the mayor was there with his five old ladies. You really had to act quick to make it so there was still some kind of a show. That had to be interesting. I mean, to, to have to pull something together out of nothing. Yeah, that, that's basically when we, we ended up, because we got the notification of the cancellation like late at night, the first day. We, we had no sleep. Like we, we all night, we were the lawyers trying to figure out what to do. And then the next day, basically, we, when, when it was official, we, we went to one of the big hotels of the city, worked it out like in a few hours, the, the agreement, the contract, and put everything together for the, you know, to pick up again the third day, the event, and have everybody rerouted to the hotel. And we actually, and that's, yeah. We did the best we can, and we at least we you know we did like mainly the sponsor presentations, and yeah, there, there was a schedule the last day. No, oh, you did well. Look, I felt a benefit out of it, and you know I thought the whole thing was over the second day when I got there, and the convention center was closed, and people were outside, and the protesters were there, and it was like, holy shit! <laughs> it was have, have you? I mean, have you ever thought, Anthony, about maybe just moving it? out of Columbia period to a country that would be more friendly? Um, yes, but it's not going to have the same level of attendance because as I mentioned, since our core focus is camps, um, really like the market leader in camps is Colombia. There are some camps happening in, in other countries, but there's not like such a, I would call it an industry, you know, there's just more of a, uh, you know, here and there some models for, you know, doing cams, doing content, but it's not a big industry like in the level, like in Colombia. So um, we have expanded, you know, like that we, we started last year with our workshops, which is a, a smaller format 
uh, we call them a lot of expo workshop, which is like a one day event, uh, more of a 300, 400 attendees, uh, a smaller number of sponsors. And, and we started with that format last year. And, and I mean, the Latin Americans ones, because we, we started like from 2018, we started doing the actual workshops in, in Colombia. We do like, we had like a tour of different cities. But we did, now last year we just, we went and we expanded to to other countries. So we did uh, we're doing now Argentina, Brazil, and Mexico. This year was our second year, and, and it's working well. And, you know, like we're starting also to create a community in those countries and, and start getting the industry together. And um, you know, so so it is a project that we, you know once we see that it's it got to a bigger level, we might do like a full uh, Lala Expo conference in, in one of those countries. I would think Brazil, Argentina, Mexico would all be good spots. They are. They are. There's industry, but they're uh, now like the strongest. Um, f- f- what we found, it, uh, there is camps, but the strongest industry there is content creation. So there's mostly content creators. Well, maybe that should be the theme of the show or just make it a general adult show because there's a lot of porn that's produced in all those countries. Yeah, no, totally. That's where, you know, we're, we're starting to adapt the workshops. Like this year we had, we had, uh, basically like last year it was mostly 70% of the topics in this, and the presentations were camps and about 30% content. Now this year we actually did 50, 50. So we have 50% of the schedule was more focused on ca- content creation and 50% on camps. Content creation is huge, man. You know, it's something certainly worth addressing. So what impact has Lal Expo had on its attendees? Well, I think many. One is that the education or the teaching message for the attendees, which is one of the initial reasons and purposes of where we started Lal Expo was to professionalize the industry. And I think we have achieved that through the different events. And But more than the events is, is through creating that community sense, you know, like now is a uh, studios have become more professional, models have become more professional, uh, and, and the impact that we've had like uh, at the national level, because uh, thanks to Lal Expo, we've also uh, started like other projects, like uh, there's a, a trade association we have, and we're doing political lobby with, with the government, and we, we have been able to achieve some positive regulation for the industry. Get some friends in government, and maybe you won't have these issues anymore. <laughs> yeah. It actually is. <laughs> We've had, like, now we, 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 I've never liked politics, but we had to. It's a necessary evil, my friend. There's no two ways about it. And I think inviting the politicos to the show and whining and dining them and having them sit next to a pretty girl, there's nothing wrong with that. So what contributions has Lal Expo brought to the industry? Well, contribution has been the, the professionalism that we have helped the, the industry become. Also, the legality. And again, like as, as we mentioned, uh, the big part of our schedule and, and, and our message has always been like, you know, do shit legal and, and you know, just do things the right way. So uh, our, all our, work, our events, we always have like the, the legal panels and legal presentations, a big part of it. Uh, and, and, you know, and especially all the, all the networking and connections that the industry has been able to do, you know, thanks to our expo. There's a lot of uh, business, a lot of friendships and, and, and a lot of, uh, basically a lot of collaboration uh, that has resulted yeah, thanks to the Lal Expo events. That's cool. So 
we talked about it a little bit, but how do you plan and execute such a massive event as Lel Expo? Well, I mean, one of the the key things is having a full time team because I mean that's something I learned the hard way because before it was like, oh no, like we'll we'll just start putting some time at the end and 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 you know things didn't come up as planned, you know. So one of the things is having a full time team because it gives more uh, stability to the event because it's the same team that has done the the last two three events. They have the experience. They know the the surprises and the you know the, the things that could go wrong, and 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 doing it in house. I mean, that. we've we've tried to outsource it many th- aspects of the event, and we've had bad experiences. So we, we've decided just to do as as much as we can do it in house. Like even the like not many you know people know, but like we even do like all the printing. We we with after. We decided to buy like all the, the the banners, the machines to print the big banners, and and all the all the advertisement that is at the show. We actually have a printing shop that we we decided to do. Why? Because we will have situations where the, the, the event is tomorrow, and it turns out, fuck, we forgot to print this one roll up for the sponsor, the main sponsor, and it's 10 p.m. Where we're we gonna find a print shop to do it, or or like the sponsor d- decided like, oh, last minute he's sending like a new art. So we, we like we decided, oh fuck, you know, we, we just do our own printing shop. So like we have our own printing shop. Um, a lot of the like the boot setups, like we have our construction team. So we, it feels safer, you know, when we do it in house than outsourcing it. And um, that's been one of the key successes. I mean, we, you know, as far as our company group, like we have over close to three hundred employees. So it's, it's a lot of staff. So there's a lot of support. You know, everybody in the company. Kind of La Expo, it's it's something everybody's looking forward to, to working and helping out and being part of. Like it's part of the company culture, and and so that that also reflects in the results. You know, a lot of our staff, you know, are, are looking forward and love to work on the event, and that's why things come out good. Well, yeah, it's about taking ownership as opposed to yeah, I got hired to work on this event. What do you feel overall are the keys to a successful event? If you were talking to someone who's putting on an event, what would you tell them? The keys. For me, the keys are is the feedback, listening to the sponsors and the attendees, because at the end of the day, that's our client. That's who's who we're doing the show for. You know, that I seen a lot of uh, that's a big mistake. A lot of event producers, they do it from their perspective and their way. And, and, and you know, and I'm right. And no. so we're always open. And and that's one of the the main things we do after every show. It's like we send an email to all the sponsors, the attendees, and asking for feedback and and be as crude as you can. That doesn't matter. So the feedback it, it's really important in the events, you know, because an event it, it's dynamic, it changes, you know, the the, the market situations. You know, there, there's too many variables. You can't expect to do the same show every year. So you got to hear what your sponsors and attendees are asking for. Uh, planning, of course, the planning, it, it's crucial if, if you want to deal with as less headaches you can, you know, it, it comes into the planning and, um, yeah, no, those, those, I would say are two key aspects, feedback and planning. Okay. Well, we talked about it briefly. Politics and religion have been huge opponents for your show. Why do you think that is besides politicians grandstanding? Well, as I mentioned before, like one of our biggest problems has been misinformation. You know, there's a huge misinformation about 
what the event actually is and what it is not. And and so most of the the attacks we've had from politics, religion is because they just hear adult industry and, and they and they just think they think in their head and they just come at us. They don't take the time or the, or the decency to actually come and f- inform themselves first and, and find out firsthand what it is. No, they just go with the misinformation, misinformation. And, and, you know, now with social media, it's very easy for that misinformation to spread. That, that's been our biggest problem with regards to politics and religion. Yeah. And the bottom line is they don't care. Politicians never care. They just care about themselves and getting elected. Yeah, correct. Because even though after we do, we explain and we show them, you know, there's still some sectors that still just don't want to, they just want to keep giving us a hard time. Yeah. And 5,000 people, that's a real boom to the economy. Big time. I mean, you're bringing a lot of money to the cities where you do these shows. They should be greeting you with open arms. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the case of the... The mayor of Cali, he understood that. And, you know, that's why we were able to finally do the event in Cali. And it was a huge success. He, we had his full support. He understood the benefits that we brought to the city on the economical level, tourism. Well, you got an ally. Just help him get reelected. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't let him lose. No, not, not, Whatever no. you do, don't let him lose. <laughs> Again, like I mentioned, now we we ha- we are involved. Like we're not involved, but like we we really got had to get into politics, and now we're like, you know, supporting different campaigns and part of the game now. It's got to be, man. You guys are are bigger than you used to be. Hey, tell me about this webcam uh, lab thing that you're doing. It sounds ex- really exciting and interesting. Yeah, so th- that's actually my my biggest company, basically. Now, um, you know, we, I started with AJ Studios, which is what's my 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 studio, Direct Studios uh, brand, which still is pretty strong, but. Um, now we we have this new brand. Of, uh, we started in 2018. We started the webcam lab. So what happened was back then, since we were so big with AJ Studios, a lot of studios would reach out to us and and say, "Hey, we want to work with you guys somehow. How can we work? How can we do something together?" So one of the things that we we started doing many years was um, basically shifting of the op- of the operation or the into the banking system kind of not work the or not rely only on the on the digital wallets systems that you know are very very common in our industry but actually figuring the right structure to bring the earnings and the money into the country through the banking system so we we had some studios that were like reaching out and say hey can we become like like an ally or something and you guys can pay us and maybe do some trainings so we, 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 we started like initially what we, we called them sub studios when it was AG studios. But then, you know, we, we, we kind of saw a potential and, and, um, we decided to create a separate brand because it, it was kind of, I guess it was more cleaner to have a different brand than, than having, you know, us as a studio service other studios, but they, at the same time, they could see as a competition because, oh, well, yeah, they're, they're helping me, but they're, they're my competition because they're also a studio. So that's when we decided to create a separate brand, the Webcam Lab, and, and this dedicates exclusively on servicing studios. So right nowadays we offer like a, over 12 different services for, for our affiliate studios between technical support, model trainings, management trainings, uh, legal consulting, tax consulting, marketing consulting, uh, production of photography, video, 
Uh, so we, we have all these bundle of services and benefits that we offer affiliate studios and advanced payments. You know, it, it's a lot of, lot of uh, services and benefits, which helps the studios basically solve a lot of their headaches and just concentrate on what they should be doing is making money with their models and don't have to be worrying about the legal aspects or the tax aspects or tech aspects. So we, we kind of cover a lot of needs that a studio has in their day-to-day operations and, and this, so they could focus on their core business. And um, it's been very successful. We, we currently have over 600 affiliate studios in Colombia. And we all, last year, we opened our office in Romania. So we also are getting affiliate studios in Romania as well. So that's the biggest operation of the webcam lab. But then at the same time, as we service studios, we found that a lot of uh, the cam platforms or platforms in general also needed some helps on on growing their brands and and growing their operations in in Latin America. So we also have a division, the services platforms on different services like marketing campaigns, workshops, back office support, uh, and and studio business development. So we have a bundle of services always uh, focused for the platforms internationals for them to grow their brands and their operations in Latin America and in Colombia. That is an awful lot. So what's happening with AJ Studios? Uh, no, we still have our four studios basically now. You know, we, we, we've cut down the operation. We have four studios. I mean, big studios, but still four. And our biggest focus now with AJ Studios, because we, we've seen also, like we're, we're always trying to see where the industry is going and the market trends. And, you know, the trend is going that the models are always more independent and the need of a studio, it's, you know, it's always losing that value or not losing the value, the studios need to really reinvent themselves to offer value to the model. So so right now, we AG Studios, we're, our strongest business is the satellite models. So satellite models are the models that work from their homes, their apartments, they, they have their own place, they could camp, but they still, they still have their own place, but they still want the support and want the guidance and, and want to have a company there for them for different needs. And so, so that's our biggest focus now with AJ Studios. We have a network of over a thousand models from AJ Studios, from the satellite models. Wow. Now, what about uh, services for content creators? Uh, we're getting into it there as well. Let's say it's, yeah, it's kind of um, in Colombia, it's, it's growing as well, like, you know, just like the rest of the world. So we're, we're starting to get into it. Uh, I, I started an agency, um, Viral View Agency, which is focused on content creators. We offer like marketing services, chatters, and, and to uh, monetize and, and, and help convert better their, their members on the platforms. <laughs> so we're getting into it. I, it. That's one of my most recent projects. But I'm learning. I'm learning because it's a new industry for me, and um, it's very different than camps. Even though people might think it's it's very similar, no, it's super different than camps. So I'm kind of doing the learning process now on the learning curve. But we we have started with our own agency as well. Fabulous. Well, hey Anthony, I'd like to thank you for being back with us again today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. All right, Bruce, anytime. And thanks for inviting me. And maybe hope next time you'll be here in Columbia. (laughs) I am looking forward to it. My broker tip today is part nine of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Last week, we talked about what information to provide a potential buyer. Here's more. Tell them what's special or different about your site. How's it unique? Make sure and include a list of all the websites you're selling in addition to any domains that come along with the sale. Is there anything that adds value to the sale? 
provide them with any additional information upon request. Before giving a buyer any information, have them sign a non-disclosure agreement. If you use a broker, the NDA will be provided for you. Good brokers like, oh, I don't know, adult site broker, have a large resource of potential buyers that are looking for properties just like yours, and they know how to deal with potential buyers. They'll also negotiate the terms of the sale, such as price and any payment terms. Before closing the sale, find a good escrow service to make sure that both the buyer and the seller are protected. We have those resources, of course. Let's talk about some of the factors that influence the sale price of a website. Number one is always profit. It will be a multiple of the profit, and that multiple is based on whether the profit is trending up or trending down and how fast it's trending up or down. I've seen valuations of as much as five times, although that's very rare. Normally, it's in the two and a half to four times area. I've also seen valuations of one time if the profit is taking a nosedive. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with Mike Stabile of the Free Speech Coalition in part one of a two-part interview. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Anthony Rivera. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. 